Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. Our mission is to raise up 21st century Moses for Jesus Christ. Now, who are the 21st century Moses? As God met Moses in the wilderness and sent him back to Egypt to bring his people to the promised land, God is going to meet you. God is going to meet immigrants, diaspora in their wilderness to send them back to their countries and send them back to their people to lead their people to Jesus Christ. So that is the 21st century Moses vision. Now, how can we do that? Of course, it is not possible with human heart and human wisdom or power because we are incapable. And think about Moses. God called Moses to lead people out of Egypt when Moses was 80 years old and he had nothing in his pocket and he was not eloquent in his speech. He did not have any leadership qualities to lead people, uh, not to mention one or two people, but he, how can, how can he lead two million people? It is all by God's power. It is the same today. It is 21st century Moses' vision is 100% God's vision. It is not human vision. And it is 100% God's wisdom and God's power. Only God can do that. So today, I want us to talk about especially raising up 21st century Moses. Um, uh, especially in the next generation, younger generation. So let me uh, share a, a Bible passage that we need to look at today. It is from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he was gro grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy fleeting pleasures of sin. Amen. So this is the basic passage that we're going to look at. But before we go into that, there are three things, three big problems we see among the next generation, which is faith, identity, and community. Faith, identity, community. Now first, faith. Uh, younger generations are in a big danger with faith. The study shows that 46% of millennials who are born between 1980 and 1996, younger generations who are in their 20s or 30s, even 40s, uh, many of them, even half of them in America do not believe that God exists. I mean, existence of God is the fundamental foundation of Christianity. And even non-Christians, non even Muslims and some other people believe that there is God. But half of this younger generations do not even recognize or acknowledge it. And that itself is a huge problem. But even among Christian people, not many people really read the Bible. And in the we're, I'm living in the Bible Belt, and meaning that there are so many churches around the corner. However, a lot of younger generations, I'm talking about USA, um, they do not even know Noah's story. I mean, the flood and Noah's ark, I mean, that's like a very famous story that even non-Christians can uh, easily recognize what story is about. However, these days, new generations, they are very different. They, do not, they are very biblically illiterate. They don't have faith in God, not to mention faith in the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that itself is a huge, huge problem. And then that really leads to the lack of hope for the future. This new generation, the newer generation is called the Generation Z. They do not really have a hope for the future. And they are the generations who were born around 9-11. 
And then in 2008, there was a very big financial crisis. And we all know that 2020 and even now, we're still in pandemic, it's getting better, but still in a big problem. But this younger generations, they went through the elementary school, a middle and high and early colleges during this time of pandemic, which is unlikely. So they went through so much. And what do they think? Oh, the future is not bright. You know, there is no such thing utopia. Our future is very gloomy and we're not even sure that uh, we will have a next generation. Maybe we're the next, last generation of the whole humanity. That's a lot of younger generations are thinking. So they don't, not to mention Christianity, not to mention faith in God. They do not even have faith in the future. So it's a very um, gloomy generation uh, and some people say the next generation is the generation of anxiety and depression and that is very true so uh, the faith is a very very um, big danger at this time for the next generation now the next another problem is identity identity now uh, many immigrants if I'm an immigrant and I came to the United States in 2001, January 8th. But like myself, our the first generation who were born in another country and grew up there, they came here with American dream and uh, they have next generations who are the second generations who were born and grew up in the United States. Now, the thing is, the second generations have a very different um, dynamic in their life, not like their father or mother. You know, they build their own ident identities. It's called a second generation identity, but it's a very uh, complicated. Some people may think, oh, I'm not fully uh, Korean or I'm not fully American. Or they may think I'm 100% American, but I'm not Korean. Or they may say, well, I'm 100% Korean and also I'm 100% American. Or they may say, you know what? I'm not American. I'm just Korean. You know, that's a very typical reactions or uh, the thinking that many next generations are thinking. So whether you're from uh, Europe or Africa or South America or Asian country, your next generation may have a very similar dilemma. But not just that, the next generations have a very interesting view toward uh, gender identity. Some may think, I'm not, even though I'm a male, let me, let me say, oh, you know what, I'm not really sure if I really uh, boy or I may be a girl or the girl may say the opposite. You know, I'm not really sure if I'm a girl, you know, maybe I'm a boy. So there's a very a big much of confusion even in their gender. So their identity is at a stake. It's a it's in a very uh, danger. It's a very confusing time. And then especially in the uh, multicultural, multi-ethnic society, it is good that we embrace uh, the uh, diversity. However, uh, in, in between, there's also confusion uh, because of that. Now, lastly, community is at stake as well. Now, the next generations are called the digital generation or YouTube generation, social media generation. So they were born and grew up with that. And then they're, they are the most connected generation because just they are one click away. In the past, in my generation, it was a one phone call away, but now one click and they will do. And then some people, um, you know, become really best friends through click. 
However, they're also called the most isolated generation. Isn't it ironic? I mean, they are most connected generation through internet, thanks to internet. However, why are they so isolated? We experienced in 2020 through Zoom and through Facebook Live and YouTube. I mean, it was we were we've been connected so much with so many people. That's a great thing. But at the same time, we feel like, you know, it's not like a real relationship. And this young generations, like a Z generation. Z. Uh, they were at home for virtual school, but their anxiety level and depression level went up like crazy. And a study shows that last year, 2020, the depression rate uh, went up like 900%, like a nine times higher. It is unheard of. That's a disaster. The relationship has been are broken so many ways because of not only because of a pandemic, but because of all the development of social media, which is very funny. They wanted to build a social uh, society, but actually there we see a lot of um, not pleasant uh, negative side effect as well. So we see the pro big problems here, identity, faith, identity, and community and next generations, not just here in the United States, but all around the world have been experiencing a great deal of problem. And uh, it is not a, not a really happy uh, the reality. However, we don't have to be stuck with it. And 21st century Moses among the next generations are the ones who got over that and they have a true faith they have a true identity and they have a true community. And that's something that we want to look at today because let's go back to the verse that we read. You will see Moses. Moses had faith, identity, and community. By faith, you see, Moses had faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a hall of faith that you will see a lot of people who had faith in God. So faith is the foundation. Without faith, there is nothing. Without faith, we cannot please the Lord. Without faith, we are not even saved. So faith is the beginning point. It is the foundation. And you know, God met Moses in, Gen um, in Exodus chapter 3. God revealed himself to Moses, but not just that. God called Moses. And Moses at the time didn't have anything. But, but for, the for the next 40 years, God used Moses in a powerful way. But it was all because of faith that was in Moses. Moses believed in God and Moses experienced God in a powerful way. But not just that, Moses, based on faith, he had a new identity. Look at this verse again. When he was grown up, refused to be called, okay, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Okay, son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was his original identity. If you know the story of Moses, Moses was a Hebrew man, but he was a very lucky man because he was found by Pharaoh's daughter and then he grew up in the palace, whereas all the other uh, Jewish boys were killed at the time. How lucky he was. But look at very carefully in verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, Moses could continue to grow as a Pharaoh's son or prince of Egypt. So now he will even eventually become a pharaoh, the king of Egypt, the mightiest country at the time. However, he did not, he refused to be called uh, prince of pharaoh, prince of Egypt, but he, that means he chose another identity. 
It means that he chose to be Hebrew, even though the Hebrews, Hebrew people back then were going through unprecedented un, um, suffering, but he chose to be a Hebrew, God's people. So he had a new identity. And lastly, he had a community. Look at this verse again. A mistreated with, okay, community, right? With the people of God, rather, rather to, uh, than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So we can see the how Moses, Moses had a faith, identity, and community. And identity community that were all birthed out of his faith. So this is how 21st century Moses are like. Just like Moses in the Bible that we just read, 21st century Moses have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they have a new identity in Christ Jesus, and they have a new true community to grow together. So unlike the next generation who are going through all these three problems, this 21st century Moses have new of all these three things. So let's look at how. Now, if you if you want to become 21st century Moses, how can you become um, 21st century Moses? What do you need to do? Or if you are parents, how can you raise your children to become 21st first century Moses. So, so important. So let's start with the faith. Faith. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Amen. This is so important that the, the people who came out of Egypt, they were told to do a teaching of the Bible, but in a very serious way. It's not just a Sunday morning only teaching, but it is a 24-7 teaching. But look at how it happens in verse 20, um, 26, I mean, verse 6. I command you today, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, not on your mind, but on your heart. You need to put God's word in your heart. So this is my encouragement for you as well. You need to put, just, just do not um, put listen to God's word as an information, but your heart needs to be transformed. First, you need to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, and you need to put God's word in your heart. So this is one of the reasons why we are going through 365 Empowerment Project, because every day, every morning, 7 o'clock, I go, I post a video, 5 minutes video, about one verse to exposit, um, apply, and memorize it. Why do we do that? Because we want to put God's word in our heart. But do not stop there because in verse 7 it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. What does that mean? It means that 24-7, wherever you go, wherever you are, you need to teach your next generation diligently. So there's a very intentional effort there. You cannot just sit down there and just scroll down your phone. You need to teach God's word, the God's word which is in your heart. You need to spit it out and teach your next generation. So what happens? They will have a faith in their heart just like you do and just like you are. Now the question is, what do we need to teach then? 
Psalm 78.4 says, We'll not hide them from their children, but tell, tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. The first thing that we need to teach our next generation for them to have faith is to teach them what God has done. The Bible, 66 books in the Bible, is all about who God is and what He has done. So we need to teach them. It is not about to teaching moral lessons like how can you become a better person? How can you become a kind person? That is not the point. The point is how great God is, how loving He is, how powerful He is. That is the main message that we need to teach our kids. To do that, you need to experience God first. You need to experience of who God is. You need to know what God has done in your life. So teach your next generation about the wonderful works of God. The next thing that we need to teach is what, how they should live. Proverbs 22 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. What does that mean? You know, uh, we based on who God is, what He has done. We will have faith in the Lord, but God will change us to become like Him, and He will direct our lives each day, 24-7. So now it is your turn to teach them what to do with their lives. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, We are God's workmanship, created for good works. Okay, so we're not here just to praising God, Praise the Lord with our lips, but we need to praise the Lord with our hands and feet, meaning that we need to live our lives 24-7 according to God's will, in obedience to His will. So you need to teach your kids how to manage their finances, how to do the relationship in godly way. So their faith is being lived out because faith without action, faith without obedience, works is dead as we see in James chapter um, James chapter 2. So we need to be teaching our children about who God is, what He has done, and what our children need to do as a response. So that is the faith part. And then the second part is identity. We need to teach our kids what kind of identity they have. Of course, they are Asian or African and they're American. So we can teach them like you are 100% Congolese. You are 100% American. And that is important to live in this society, diverse society. They need to have a very strong, very uh, assured ethnic identity. But more importantly, they need to know who they are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God. Uh, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. There are two important identities here. Verse 17, it says, he's a new creation. Verse 20, we are ambassador for Christ. 
So what does that mean? We are new creation. Maybe the, your next generation have anxiety problem or depression problem. They may think, I'm not good enough. I don't have any hope for the future. I don't have any dream for the future. I just don't know what to do right now. They may have those thoughts in their lives. I've seen so many kids uh, because of depression, even uh, one, of my, uh, one of my friends, the son, he, even though he was a young teenager, he um, killed himself. And we see those things in, in our lives, right? Uh, but we need to teach our kids with a strong conviction about who they are in Christ Jesus. In the faith, faith part, we learned about who God is and what he has done. As a response, we will know who we are and what we, based on that, we will know what we need to do. Who you are, who are you? The Bible clearly says that you are new creation. You are new. Whatever past you have done in Christ Jesus, you are new. You have the image of God restored. Just like in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 24, you are created in the likeness of God with righteousness and truth. Okay, so that is an amazing message. But not just that, you are ambassador of God, meaning that you are reflecting who God is. You are representative of who God is. So whatever you got, maybe you can represent Korea, you can represent the different countries. But more than that, you represent the kingdom of God. You represent God. So that is your identity as 21st century Moses. And lastly, community. What kind of community uh, we have? Now, we have a new community called the body of Christ, the church. Ephesians 4.16, For whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You see that the church, the body of Christ, is not a building, but it is the people that the 21st century Moses are being together, building God's kingdom together by each individual part working properly. In love, you see the building, the community together. So there is a true relationship and there is a true purpose. And it is the purpose-driven community, the body of Christ, very strong of the body. In Ephesians chapter 1, 23, the fullness of God is in the church it's a, who feels all in all so there is nothing lacking even though we're not perfect but God is perfect so we experience the perfectness of God in the church so outside of church you'll be always isolated outside of church you always always experience the lacking something missing in your life so next generations will need to grow in the church very very important so these are the three things that we need to teach and train our next generation. The faith, identity, and community. Faith in Christ Jesus. Identity in Christ Jesus. Community in Christ Jesus. And then when they grow, when they grow up with this, they will definitely become 21st century Moses. And then they will be able to lead others to become 21st century Moses for Christ. So my friends, Let's become 21st century Moses and let's lead others to become 21st century Moses for Christ together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. And Father, please help us and guide us to become 21st century Moses for your kingdom. We thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name we prayed. Amen.